0: Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation
1: on 91.3. Well, how to buy a foreclosed home. Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, foreclosures increased in January, signaling distress among some homeowners, according to a new report. The report by Adam, an analytics company that specializes in real estate data, noted that the number of U.S. properties with foreclosure filings rose to 33270 in January, up 5% from a year ago. And uh, foreclosure filings in January were up 10% from December. Mortgage, cons- uh, mortgage consultant Mark Pfeiffer, also known as Mortgage Mark, is here today to talk about this opportunity. Hey, Mark, uh, you know, are these statistics something that you're seeing in the real estate market? I mean, we're always going to have a number of foreclosures and when two months' data isn't definitely setting a trend or anything, but it is something to keep an eye on.
0: It is. And in fact, something just related to Bob, I know, you know, we haven't talked today or in in the last week or so. And the fact that you picked this topic today was pretty appropriate. I got an email this morning with some of those stats about delinquencies and they are quote unquote on the rise, Like That's a real stat, but the reality is it's nominal and it's still a relatively normal market, but they are, they are accurate. And a lot of folks unfortunately have been, you know, part of layoffs that have been happening over the last, you know, call it 12 months in the economy. So yes, foreclosures are on the rise in some areas, but the reality is um, Americans are still sitting at an all-time high from an equity position. So I, I don't know that this is going to be like what you and I saw back in the mortgage meltdown days, but but it is it is a stat we've seen a little bit more of this last, call it 30, 60, 90 days.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I look at it this way, and, and you and I are definitely in agreement on this, is that 2008 was its own situation. We're, we're not going to have anything that looks like 2008. We'll have something that looks like 2024, whatever it's supposed to look like. And, uh, you know, the one thing that there, I want to talk about this, and I got most of what uh, what I want to ask you from a lot of the great content you're putting out on social media, is that people see these, these statistics come out and it uh, runs through their head, what, what if I bought some real estate? And I, I, I've always thought that, that maybe not a bad idea by any stretch, but it's one of those things where you really need to make sure that you know what you're doing.
0: I, I agree. The, look, at the end of the day, you know, over time, right, to, to the big of a picture as you want, but buying, buying you know, residential real estate in America historically has been a very good move right and you can take pieces and time and say oh, it's not from here to here but big picture it's always a great time to buy the question then is what's the point and purpose right to buy the to buy your homestead if somebody just says hey i want to be a homeowner for the first time or i want to buy a bigger home because we just had triplets or whatever it may be absolutely but if somebody's going to say i'm an investor you know certainly then it, it matters more because their purpose is to make money and they're trying to time a market a little more than than the everyday person that just had those triplets so Look at the end of the day. I'm a big fan. I'm long on real estate. I made my money, obviously, as a profession, uh, helping out with real estate. But I've also personally made a lot of money and and um, you know bought bought and sold a lot of residential homes in my day. Well,
1: let's let's not just assume everybody knows what we're talking about. I mean, go ahead and, and define what a foreclosed home actually is.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a couple different things. So I, I'll, I'll give it two pieces. Right. So if somebody gets the mortgage. And even if they don't, I'll give you that example as well, but if somebody gets a mortgage for a home, you know, until the bank has, has, until that person has repaid the bank all their money, you know, at any point, if down the road, the the homeowner stops paying that mortgage note, the bank has the ability to come and say, hey, we want, we want our money and they will go through the, you know, they can't just make it up. There's obviously rules around this and there's laws written, but you can say that if somebody hasn't paid their their mortgage over time, uh, many, many months. Right, judicial process here. In in some states it is, in some states it isn't. But the reality is, the bank takes back the the home. That's their collateral. Now, when they do this, what most people may or may not know, if somebody has, let's say, I'm going to use numbers here, Bob. That say somebody owes a four hundred thousand dollar home, and you know they they then have a mortgage that's three hundred ninety thousand. The bank's probably going to eat up all the fees, and the homeowner doesn't get anything as a result. But if somebody owns a $400,000 home and for whatever reason it's foreclosed on, and they only owe 200, when the bank sells that home to somebody else, the homeowner will get their 200 if that money is actually left over in this example. So you don't lose everything, which is why I don't think you're gonna see a lot of foreclosures spike up. Because again, when homeowners have this much equity, price, prices have appreciated so much in the last four years with COVID, that homeowners especially if you've owned the home pre-covid you've got this massive amount of equity you're sitting on so before somebody goes into foreclosure chances are they'll be finding other options maybe even just selling the home to get out of the financial distress and take their money and walk away without having to get foreclosed on but that that's essentially what a, a foreclosure is and there are rare exceptions but even if somebody owns a home free and clear if you don't pay your property taxes Probably, you know, counties can come and get your home too if there's a if there's a big enough bill out there outstanding. But it, but for the most part, foreclosures is when a bank or a financial institution takes back a mortgage and they now own or takes back a home and they now own the home and the homeowner no longer owns it.
1: You know, it's interesting, and I know that you've got uh, I won't say fond memories, but memories of 2008. And I, I remember a neighbor of ours had uh, stopped making their payment on their house. They literally lived there for two years without making a a, a a payment. I think it was Bank of America, before Bank of yeah. America stepped in and took over.
0: Yeah, and just to, that you are correct, and I've heard those stories as well, and for all those listening, I uh, don't think that's going to happen today. So no, at the no. time, Bob and I referencing during the mortgage meltdown, because there were so many foreclosures mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. time, banks were inundated. And the paperwork, the judicial process, the legal process to go through that, took so long and they were so understaffed and the volume was so much it was just a – that's just the way it was but in today's world where it's more normalized you're not going to see that but that's that's the part that says like again I I personally have bought my my I bought a home to live in that so the other part that through all this is you do can do is called a short sale or a pre-foreclosure where the banks in charge of the of the determining what happens so to some degree they get to say who how much they will or won't buy this house. And that's basically think of it this way. If somebody's about to get foreclosed on and maybe the bank, you know, owns this mortgage and they, they go to try to sell the home, the bank may say, you know what, we'll go ahead and allow this person to sell it uh, because we at least get some of our money back and they don't want to go through that process. So I bought those homes, I bought foreclosed homes. It's it's just, it's a different process. And every house is going to be unique depending on just, you know, the market itself, the bank, you know, whichever bank owns it who or financial institution holds in debt. So it's it, it, it's not a one size fits all to say oh it's foreclosed on we do this. It, it certainly is going to vary just throughout throughout time and throughout you know circumstances.
1: So talk a little bit about because you I think this also uh, creates memories in people's lives where they have either watched it on TV or a movie or actually saw it in person. But selling a deed from the uh, you know sight unseen from the courthouse steps. So talk talk about yeah that kind of a that kind of a process.
0: So it, it, it's fun if, you, if you're just bored on on you know some some random day and you want to go see it work. I've done it before and you know so in a lot of counties it's you know in Texas is going to be different than other states. But it was a Tuesday, you go up there and it's just it's such a weird and bizarre thing. But basically yes, if if the counties let's say have uh, or just anybody when they go through this process of trying to you know to to do the formal your foreclose on ownership transfers from homeowner to institution. They will go to the county and they'll get a price from, you know, said said note holder to say, Hey, sell it for X. And it's rare. I mean, it's, it's not often, I don't know what the number is, but it is a very low percentage that actually truly sell, but they'll go through that process and a person rain or shine doesn't matter comes out and they, they have a list of homes. they not say one, two, three main street going for X. And if somebody wants to, they literally have to have almost the equivalent of, of a briefcase of cash. Meaning you can't go get a loan or a mortgage and do this. But if somebody's there with cashier's checks, they'll take a whole bunch up with different denominations so that if they buy a house for you know, $189,350, they have some form of that cash to get there very, very quickly. It's a really bizarre thing to think about. But literally, they can do that to where sight unseen, take the property as is, go. It's a really cool thing, just a not not cool. That's that's insensitive of me to say that, because obviously people are losing their homes. But as far as the process, it's just wild to think that somebody can come out and just buy something right then and there,
1: yeah. With no really no access
0: to the home and no, it, it's it's really bizarre. But it's again, if you're interested, I'd recommend going to see it. It's just kind of a, a neat thing if you're truly getting into that market. But overall, I'd say most of the transactions, when banks take over, when when companies take over. It's kind of a normal air quotes normal process in that they'll typically have somebody in house. They'll then enlist the help of a real estate professional if they don't have one in house and it goes up on the market like any other home a lot of times. Um, I once bought six homes at one time from a bank that owned six properties right next to each other. And so it, mm. it's again, it's not a one size fits all. It can just be very it's very different depending on the bank and who owns it.
1: So a lot of people, they, they investors, they think about investment property like this. I guess what we would call it not necessarily for themselves, a uh, home, but maybe to 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 buy it, fix it up, fix things, and, and and lease it lease it out. Would you agree with the statement? Does it you know does it does it is there a huge learning curve ahead of someone who wants to do that, or you know if you just knew this just a few things, you could actually do it. What, what's your where do you stand on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think the reality is if the part I would tell this, cause we get that question all the time and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of change your question just a touch. So is there a learning curve when you buy something from a bank? Absolutely. Especially when it was like a, back in the day, the pre foreclosure stuff in the '08 and beyond those early years, man, it was like a, a different animal to buy something that was like a, a short sale or pre foreclosure after it gets foreclosed on. If it goes up on the market with a real estate professional for the most part, It's the same process. The catch is going to be when you buy that foreclosed home. The bank's going to sell it Most nine times out of ten, almost ten times out of ten. The bank's going to sell it as is. So, as a homeowner, you're assuming some risk. And you may say, oh, the foundation may not be right, and I want you to fix this. The bank's going to say no. So, there's an opportunity there for somebody with cash and know-how to potentially buy a house for a little less than maybe somebody else would, who's the homeowner that just wants to move in and have it be ready and turnkey. So, the, the risk is if you buy from the bank, you need to understand you are you're not going to have the normal negotiations back and forth in terms of the condition of the property. So there is more buyer beware. Um, that's that's probably the biggest thing I would say is if you're if you're doing this learning curve, is make sure you've really done your homework on that front end. Uh, because once you're under contract, the banks again they're 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 not in the business of selling homes. They don't want like banks don't want to take foreclosures. They don't want them. So. It is in there. you know to them, they're just saying, get it off and I don't care if I lose a few bucks. They just don't want it on their books and they don't want to carry it. So yeah, the learning curve is just make sure you do your homework up front before you have before you get in trouble.
1: This is Bob Brooks and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it talking to mortgage consultant Mark Pfeiffer. He comes around about once uh, once a month and we do some talking about real estate. If you want more information, mortgagemark.com is where you'd go. Uh, now let's 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 flip to the the financing part of this, of the uh, foreclosed home universe. Uh, we let's talk about the FHA loan. Why is that a big component of this whole process?
0: Yeah. So just just to to, to let everybody understand, like there's typically two buckets in the mortgage world. So so the first bucket is going to be what's called government-backed loans, and then the other bucket is non-government-backed. So the government-backed loans, the two most popular are VA for the veterans, and uh, what's, what's called FHA. And so HUD is the governing body of FHA. And so when when homes get foreclosed on that have FHA mortgages, um, HUD's going to own those properties. It's an REO, and REO stands for real estate owned. So that's kind of another term for foreclosed properties is the bank's REO. But when somebody has a foreclosed home that had an fha loan on it there is absolutely potential for a new homeowner that wants to buy a home that is hud owned property meaning you know fha got foreclosed on that property if they then want to get a fha loan to live in this home and they want to get another fha loan for it it certainly can uh, uh, present some advantages so the real challenge in today's market is just if you like the house at 123 main street you gotta do a little homework, real estate professionals can help you, um, title companies can help you, but you gotta determine if HUD owns it. Bobby, uh, you can get in with a little like a literally a hundred dollar down payment. Uh, if you're doing FHA financing, you're gonna live in the home, get an FHA loan. If HUD owns it, you can literally get in with $100, a hundred dollar whopping hundred bucks for a down payment. It's it's pretty cool.
1: Well, talk a little bit about credit score requirements, and obviously that doesn't just go away. So, talk talk about how that works. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So, so the credit scores it's going to vary by lender. But I'd say in general, for that hundred dollar down,
0: if you think six twenty, and that's a mortgage credit score of six twenty. So, if you're you know monitoring your credit at home, uh, yours is going to look higher. Just the mortgage industry uses a different grading scale. So, call it a six twenty for that that credit score, and, and there's certainly ways to get there if you're not there. But just as a whole think of it this way if hud owns this home right if fha owns this 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 home they don't want to and so if somebody's coming through that needs to wants to buy this and they qualify hud has very little to lose in the sense that if they give you or this this potential home buyer they give this potential home buyer a new fha loan at least now they have somebody paying the bill
1: right right? because without
0: somebody living there they're paying the bill they're carrying the cost so of the, the, while the credit scores are important, the, the requirements are still important. I'm not saying those go out the window, but it's, it's HUD's best interest to try to get this home to be owned by somebody and get it off their books so that they don't have to sit there and have the maintenance and upkeep of, of owning another home that they don't want. So you can get in with the, you know, the credit scores. Again, lenders are going to have their different overlays, so it's hard to say. But uh, again, if you got credit. Challenges, um, there are ways to get scores up. You work with a good credit professional, but the reality is $620, $100 down out of pockets. You do have to do the normal qualifying, all the paperwork, but the reality is it's a really cool process. If or product if you can find a home that's owned by HUD. That's the catch, because those, those may be few and far between for where you're looking, especially here in Dallas-Fort Worth, where the market's been very good to us.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's, of course, risk with everything. Uh, talk about where the situation, or maybe they're all this way, but uh, the situation where you you do buy the property as is, so the property condition can be a big issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so again, as I mentioned with the, earlier, and I alluded to that, so that's a great follow question. When you when you buy these properties, guys, especially with FHA, if you're buying a HUD-owned REO, a HUD-owned home, um they they do have requirements to you know let's just say a normal homeowner just getting a normal buying from joe homeowner and they're just a normal loan they're getting a normal fha hud's going to have some requirements that they want to make sure the house is you know shocker they want to make sure it's safe and livable <laughs> right sure. they want to make sure it's a good home in case they take it back because they don't want to do any upkeep to resell it if you have to so they will have requirements on a normal fha loan uh, again this varies by bank and all that other stuff but the reality is. You, with the appraisal piece, HUD already owns it. So they want it off their books. So in terms of if you buy the property as is, the big ones are gonna be, if you're trying to buy this, let's say there's foundation issues. Well, as I mentioned, HUD's not gonna wanna fix foundation because the problem is if you fix foundation, it can bust a pipe if the slab moves or something happens. So you may not have that option or opportunity to move into the home with that perfect move-in ready home. It may be as is, in which case, HUD may or may not let you get FHA financing on that new home. It just that's going to vary again somewhat based on lender, but yeah, that's the biggest piece. Is again these banks, these institutions, in my experience, aren't going to do anything to help you as a homeowner, but they're going to price it accordingly. So can you get mm-hmm. a air quotes here better deal? Sure, but if you paid 20 grand less for a home, you think you're getting it under market? I'm willing to bet there's probably about 20 grand worth of work that needs to go into that thing once you move in. So you do get what you pay for, and you just gotta make sure you do your homework up front.
1: The other thing that could uh, be a problem are liens that are attached to the property. Talk a little bit about what you could run into as potential uh, homeowner there with this that situation.
0: Yeah, so so a lien is another word for somebody just you know they they say they 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 own they are owed money and they've attached it to the property. That's what a a lien is. Somebody so a mortgage, for example. A mortgage has a mortgage note that is then leaned against the property that says, you know, we said so this bank is owed X dollars for this mortgage. So when you go to buy a home, whether it's foreclosure or not, in Texas, especially but in all states, the the homeowner wants to know that they're the only ones that have legal rights to the home. Right? So with with title companies here in Texas, title companies, it's their job and responsibility to do a title search that says you know these these entities, these people, these, these these companies, they own they're owed X dollars. So in other words, if if Joe homeowners buying or Joe is buying a home, um, mortgage bank in his foreclosure example is going to owe this. Well, maybe there was also a roofer that did some work that's owed ten grand that was never paid. There's chances that that roof, since it was never paid, that there could be a ten thousand dollar lien on that property. Um, there could be, in a, you know, maybe this is an estate thing where somebody passed away, and that's why I got foreclosed, on. they were ill, didn't something happen. Well, maybe a family member is trying to take some ownership in the property. So while that's not a lien, that's certainly something that may show up in the title search just to make sure you own it. So that's why title, in, title insurance is so important is to make sure that when the transaction closes, the new homeowner is protected from all of that. So the title company assumes that risk and says, we've done our homework, Everything's clean and the new lender is going to rely on that information that says cool There is nothing out there out that we don't know about and if there is it's a title company problem Not the homeowner not the mortgage company. It is the title company's problem for insuring that loan
1: So talk a little bit about uh, You know got you have to have some kind of idea of what the house is worth Do you get a property appraisal done? I mean what what does the bank allow you to do on, on that situation?
0: Yeah, so my 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 opinion is this. I mean, it's, it's going to vary based on, you know, from transaction to transaction. Let's just say for whatever reason, uh, because, again, back in the day, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. When this $100 thing, you know, product came down, there was no appraisal was required. And the reason being is HUD already owned it. So what do they care if the value is higher or lower? If they can give it to somebody else for the, you know, the price they want, take it. As a homeowner or the future homeowner, I would recommend it's, it's all going to come down to who you – work with because even on normal let's just say today even a normal loan bob you and i can be doing one together and helping you know if you want to buy a home and not fha but just normal if there can be instances where an appraisal will not be needed so maybe somebody's putting enough money down they got a good enough credit they got money in the bank um, they got a big down payment the mortgage, somebody may say hey based on what we know about this helm and what's in the, the the database about this area this home you don't need an appraisal well, that's good from a loan standpoint because it makes life that much easier. You save, you know, five to seven hundred bucks. But do you, a homeowner, really know what you're getting? So, I could argue again as a mortgage guy, I'm going to say, "Cool, that's fun and easy." As a homeowner or a potential buyer, I would say make sure you're working with a professional a real estate professional, a realtor, right? Or at least to talk mm, to an appraiser, right, right? And try to get some opinion of value because the reality is, just because you're, you know. Somebody's willing to sell it to you for that much doesn't mean it's worth that much. So I do think it just, it's working with those professionals you trust, you know, like, and trust, because a, a great realtor, not a good, but a great one's going to do their homework for you up front and say, here's where it is, here's market value, here's what we can get it for, because what, what market value is and what appraised value is are two different things. During COVID was the best example. People were willing to overpay on purpose. That doesn't mean the home is worth that. It just means that's what somebody's willing to pay. So even if a program allows you to skip your appraisal, I would at least do some sort of due diligence to make sure you know what the true market value would be um, from a lender's eyes, just so you know. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do the, the transaction, but I would absolutely just do some homework on that for sure.
1: You know, I think this has been a great half hour to get an idea of, hey, you got to know a few things before you jump out there and decide <laughs> to, to buy real estate and uh, lo- lose a lot of money. But uh, it, it is there is a path path to get there, and I appreciate you sharing the information. Once again, MortgageMark.com. Mark, uh, we'll look forward to seeing, uh, seeing you next month.
0: As always, thanks for having me, Mr. Bob.
1: This is Bob Brooks, Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. And there is my cue right there, the indie music. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at PrudentMoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day.
0: That's all the time we have for today.